It's got a soul, this here old farm It falls asleep inside my arms We walk the fields under the stars But love is here in Goldshaw Farms Well, so I am sitting in the parking lot of my doctor's office. I actually just had my annual physical. The good news is I got a clean bill of health, so uh, nothing to worry about. Um, doctor did say I should probably lose a couple pounds, but beyond that, all is well. But I do want to say welcome to the Goldshaw Farm Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Gold. Each episode, we bring you stories about people who are homesteading, farming, or following their dreams. And I felt like... Starting today's episode here, just after my physical, was the right way to do it. Because my guest today is a friend of mine who had a very significant health situation. But despite the challenges that that health situation created, it ultimately led to some really good things. Because it put him on a path to move across the country with his family and start a homestead of his own and and really focus in on the health of himself and his family. Uh, today, my guest is uh, Jason Contreras from Sow the Land. So it's been ten years ago, ten years now, uh, when I was first when I was diagnosed with cancer. You know, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, um, you know, we had a, you know, we always just ate whatever, you know, kind of standard American diet. Um, and so, you know, I did six months of chemo and it was during that chemo process where we started to look at like, you know, maybe we should be eating healthier. Maybe we should be exercising more. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you think like, man, I'm 30 years old and I have cancer. Like, (laughs) How does that happen that, you know, I, I thought that only happens to people on movies or something. <laughs> and so um, that's when we kind of started looking at, uh, you know, nutrition and trying to figure out, like, what's healthy, what's not. And um, so I did six months of chemo, you know, in remission. And, you know, after remission, just, you know, we started to think about like what's in our food um you know what are we eating and because we thought okay the only thing that we could really do is try to um eat healthier and exercise i mean other than that there's not really much we could do as far as to try to be healthy and stay healthy and then not get cancer again um because just the fact that i have had chemo before i could get cancer from the chemo you know like it's just it's just crazy, and um, so I, I had I had my one of my last oncologists. You know, I had an appointment with her, and she said you're cancer free, no more chemo. And you know, I had asked her like, you know, is there anything I should be doing, like um, uh, some kind of I don't know protocol? Is there a nutrition plan I need to follow? And she just said no, just go back to your normal life, just what you know whatever you were doing before, just go ahead and do that. And that just didn't make sense to us. Um, you know, like I, I just, I felt like, 
you know, that's such a traumatic thing that you, there should be like some kind of nutrition plan, you know, there should be some kind of protocol. Like, yes, you need to be, you know, eating more of this or more of that or cutting out this or exercising more. And there was really none of that. And, um, that really kind of got us going on trying to figure out, um, what's healthy, what's not. And then, you know, so like we started cutting out fast food, you know, soda and, you know, all the bad stuff that we we're figuring out that was bad. And um, then we started to look at, um, okay, maybe we should, you know, let's try to grow our own food. Let's try to grow something. Um, and, you know, we never grew up around a garden or anything like that around farm animals. You know, we're, we're from the, the Los Angeles area. You know, we live in, in that area our, our whole life. And um, so just trying to figure that out, just trying to figure out how to grow food. And we had a little backyard and made some raised garden beds and, and just kind of, yeah, just continued to learn. And, you know, we'd go to visit community gardens and talk to people and try to find your, you know, they say try to find your community, you know, people who are into like growing their own food or who, who know how to do it and try to learn from them and and then it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, then we started to think, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had um, a little bit more land and, you know, maybe we could grow some – maybe raise some chickens and grow more food and and uh, maybe bigger farm animals. And it was, it was always kind of like a joke to us. And, <laughs> uh, and we kept on talking about it, like, over the the years after I had got cancer and um, – slowly you know still trying to grow our own food and and we were we were growing a lot of a lot of the food that we could grow in our little spot and um then we started uh slowly getting rid of stuff in our in our house like started uh to live more minimally so wait so so yeah talk, talk to me about that because I, I know minimalism is also something that's that's really important to you what what right. drove that sense of of wanting to be a minimalist um I think it it all has I think it all has to do with having had cancer. I think that just like kind of just changed our mind and thinking that you know why do I have these because we used to collect a lot of things and and we had a four bedroom house and we you know two of the rooms we never even used you know and it's just a bunch of furniture we had and and we used to think like why do we have this stuff we don't even use it like it doesn't <laughs> it's just here it's just there you know like. Like, it, like certain things started to not matter to us anymore. Like what mattered was like our health. You know, what matters is, is us as a family and, um, you know, just I think it was just a different mindset. Like it just began to like nothing mattered anymore. <laughs> like these things didn't matter and we kept on talking about like starting a homestead and we're like, okay, if we're going to start a homestead – well, we're not going to need all this furniture. <laughs> we're not going to need all these things. You know, what if we ended up in a smaller house? Like, what are we going to do with all this stuff? Was it the minimalism that drove the, the the move towards homesteading, or was the move towards homesteading that drove the minimalism? I think the move to homesteading. Because we talked about, like, living in a tiny home. You're like, oh, if you bought land somewhere, you know, where are we going to – are we going to – build a home and if we ended up building a home it would probably be like a tiny home like something something affordable um or like we talked about living in a yurt or you know we, we threw the off-grid thing <laughs> talking about off-grid stuff and it, it was just um 
yeah, so I think the homesteading thing, like, we kept on saying, like, well, I think, yeah, that definitely drove the minimalism part because we thought, like, we're not going to need all this stuff. And then and then we started, like, selling stuff off. So that was, like, a plus, too. Like, oh, man, we made this much money this month by selling our stuff. Like, we don't even use this stuff. And we sold it. And, like, you know, we, we kept on, like, saving and saving and by selling our things. And so it was it was – yeah, I mean, it was a process, definitely. So, so, but after a little bit, you found yourself living in an empty house in Los Angeles, and then what happened from there? Yeah, it's, next thing you know, we like one of the last things we sold in our house was our kitchen table, <laughs> and it was like, okay, this is serious. Like, our house is almost empty, <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're selling our kitchen table, and then. The next thing was like, okay, I guess we're really going to do this because the next thing we need to sell is our home. <laughs> and that's when we said, okay, let's let's just do it. Let's just you know, let's just sell the house and you know, you know, we made some money off of it and um well, we ended up moving in with my mom right after for a year. So that entire year, we went to go look at different places. We like go vacation, and um, you know, continue to save, try to pay off some debts, and um, and we went and uh, try to find spots. And did you have any sort of inkling about which part of the country you wanted to end up in um, as you were thinking about where that homestead would be? Um, not really. I mean. Uh, most of our family is in California and all, we all live pretty much within an hour from each other. Um, and so we did look at different places in California and, you know, we just go vacation. We're like, let's just go on a road trip and then let's just go fly somewhere and just not really looking at properties, but just kind of looking at the area. Um, and then I have a little bit of family like in New Mexico. Um, so, you know, we're kind of like picking out spots that, our, we had some family or maybe some friends in the area, um, so that way maybe we weren't totally by ourselves. <laughs> um, but we wanted to try to stay close to California because, with at least within driving distance. Um, but of course, the place that we pick is like the furthest away from. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, because Asheville, North Carolina, is really close to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we had. So we had um, we knew a couple that moved out to Asheville, and they would tell us about the area, like, oh man, this is definitely a good homesteading community out here. And it was in back of our mind, like, you know, like that seems so far away from our family, and you know, we're really close to all our families, and and it it became, you know, we visited all these other places, um, and I'm sure there's a lot more places out there that we didn't know about but we never looked um so we looked at you know california like you know northern california uh, arizona new mexico new mexico we really loved um and so the the last place that we went to go visit was the Asheville area in because uh, uh, we're like well we're never going to really know unless we actually go and that, that was the first time coming out to the east coast at all um and we flew down here as a family, and we just not even looking at properties. We just came just to vacation, basically. We stayed for like a couple weeks, um, you know, just to check out the area, see how see how everything is. You know, we probably went on the best time, which is the springtime, uh, the most beautiful time to come. And 
just by being here for that week or two, like we felt like the community here is, is awesome. Like we fell in love with it just for being here for that short time. So, so it, it's interesting that, that it's, it was Asheville that, that really drew you in. You mentioned that community because I feel like I know so many different homesteaders who are in that <laughs> greater Asheville area. Um, even actually our friends, the hollers who are going to be on the, uh, next week's episode. They, yep. they are just, they've just recently announced <laughs> that they're settling in Asheville too. So, yeah, so they were just over here last week. <laughs> so, so what, draw, what draws folks to it? Like, what do you think it is that makes it such a, a hotbed for homesteaders? Um, I don't know. there's a lot of like-minded people here. Like, I don't know what it is. It, it's about the area. Um, but we've met so many people that do the homestead thing here. Um, you know, people that are not on YouTube, you know, people that are not on social media really. And they're just amazing. I, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. It, it, it's just the area. It's, it's, it's almost like a, a magic about it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't know. I mean, for us, I think it was, it was just so much different than Southern California. I mean, it's not, you know, we're basically the desert over there in LA and here it's just totally opposite. There's so much water and green. Like we're still amazed by all the green and water that we have here. Um, but I don't know. It, it's definitely the community that draws people, I think. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that was the big, big factor for us was the community that we met. Even in that short time, like we had gotten invited to like a potluck and we've met so many people by just by going to some potlucks out here. <laughs> yeah. Now there's some sort of magic of just everybody bring a dish and let's just eat and chat. And yeah. Start and to a make lot of people quick. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people grow their own food and, and there's some of the best potlucks that you ever go to. <laughs> So, so when you were back in LA and and dreaming of a homestead and and saying, yeah, this is actually something I want to do. It's the right sort of lifestyle choice for me. What what did that dream look like compared to what your life is now? Um, like, I guess, like, what do, what did we envision? Yeah, like, what's the gap between you know vision and reality, or you know, kind of the dream and reality? What, what does that look like? Like, what, what are the, how you do know, they contrast? Like, we spent, you know, I had a, you know, nine to f regular nine to five job uh, in an office cubicle um, before we left. And um, I would spend many times in that cubicle <laughs> envisioning uh, what the homestead life would be like. Um, and I, I knew, like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, mainly a lot of that Permaculture Voices podcast, and and listen to those people talk about farming and stuff like that. And I knew it had to be pretty much what I we had envisioned. I don't want to sound like you know we're doing exactly the plan, but um, a lot of what we're doing and what we have done so far is what I kind of had envisioned already. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to sound like uh, everything went according to plan, but, um, I knew we were going to start off super slow and, you know, I knew I did not want to get like bigger animals. You know, I wanted to do what I really wanted to do was pastured, uh, raised chicken. 
and just have a big garden and then just kind of go from there and, and figure that out and see how efficient we could be at both those things. And um, that's what we did. That's what we, what we have been doing. You know, we've been here three years now. Um, and that's pretty much how I envisioned it. I mean, I envisioned this is what we're going to need. You know, when we came, when we moved here, I know I was going to have to build chicken tractors. I know I was going to have to build some kind of uh, struck like garden shed, you know, because we didn't have any of these things. When we, or I'd even at the time I didn't even know if we needed these things, but I knew like those are the things that we would probably need. Um, or even like a little a workshop um, to do some woodworking in. Um, but I think. I don't know. I would have. I would. I did. Would have thought that we would had like maybe, um, maybe a little bit bigger animals, and maybe even moved to a bigger area, bigger, maybe a little bit more acres. Yeah. No. I know that that gap can be tough, and uh, the bigger animals that always seems to be like a hurdle for people. You know, it's it. You know, oh, yeah. chickens are are absolutely the the gateway animal to like all other things. It seems like, but yeah, once you start to get bigger and bigger up to like cattle, it, it takes a lot more. It seems. Oh yeah, I think it's just a lot more even money to do manage and yeah, it's just a different it's a different ball game. It seems like. <laughs> so so it's funny that you should mention the the, the permaculture voices podcast. Um, that was one of those things that I used to listen to all the time too. You know, I was working in an office down in D.C. Kind of same thing, sort of on my commute and back and forth to the office, listening to something like that, dreaming of it. What do you yeah. think it is about things like podcasts or YouTube that really fuel kind of those dreams and ambitions? I think it – for me, it became like, okay, I think that, you know, listen to the podcast, yeah, even even YouTube, like, you know, these people are – seem to be doing it, right? They seem to be farming or raising pasture poultry, and I think, like, okay, they're they're no different than, than me. You know, they're just regular people. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, it became my mind started to think like, okay, if these people can do it, I could do it. <laughs> you know, like these are just normal folks. You know, I, and I think maybe that that I think that maybe the same for other people. Like they think like these are just normal people doing it, and they seem to be doing it. Um, if you know, if they could raise chickens or have a big garden, like why can't I do it? You know, like which I think you can, like. You know, I'm no, we're no, nobody special. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, th I think there is that. You know, seeing it in action does sort of validate and make it become possible that that that's something you can pursue. Oh yeah, it makes it normal. Yeah, it makes it like you know, like somebody butchering chickens in their backyard is like, wow. Like it's how you get your chicken? I, you know, like what's up? Yeah, I never, <laughs> I never thought you could do that. <laughs> you know, like we, I remember we took a workshop in uh, uh primal pastures they're out in temecula and at the time they were just starting now they're like probably one of the biggest pasture poultry farms out there right oh, they've now they've taken over like a whole west coast at this point they're massive oh yeah and it, at the time when they first started we we're about an hour from them um they were in their parents backyard on one and a half acres and they were selling their chickens and i remember we pulled up and i'm like this is a bunch of guys like in their parents' backyard selling chicken. <laughs> like, that just blew my mind. And then, you know, we took one of their workshops on how to butcher chickens, and I'm just like, wow, like, okay, these guys are 
they're just like me. They, you know, they, they're just wearing, uh, you know, jogging shoes and, and, and running shorts while they're butchering the chicken. <laughs> and like, you know, it's just like regular people. Like, like we could do this, you know, like that just gave me the confidence to like, okay, we, we can do this. Like, this is no problem. <laughs> no, I, I think that's it's such a good observation because, you know, I think conceptually for a lot of people, like the idea of, oh, growing your own food or raising animals is like big and scary. And I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. But then once you start to see a couple of people just say, yeah, it's just something you do and you learn a little bit and you might have to read up on something. It, it, oh, it makes it so much more accessible. Yeah. Talk to me, though, about your family, right? So, so you know, as you're talking to, whether it's your mother or other family members saying, hey, look, we're going to go move to the other side of the country to kind of go raise our own food and, and live this different <laughs> lifestyle. Like, how do they react? Um, you know, they've been really supportive of us. But I think at first it was kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, they've been supportive, but I think it was still, yeah, it was still shocking, I think. Um, because again, like all our family live within an hour from each other and, you know, we always go to grandma's for Christmas, you know, and, and we just decided, hey, we're going to leave. Um, I think it was, it was, it's been tough for all of us. I mean, we, that's the, the only thing we miss about California is our family. And, you know, and, and plus we're taking the, our granddaughter away, <laughs> you know, we're not going to see our, our seven year old as much anymore. Um, and so it's been a, it's been a difficult uh, transition for, for everybody, but, uh, um, they've always been pretty supportive. I think a little bit shocking at first. Um, and I mean, I think for some, you know, like friends, um, and maybe some family, like, I think they almost kind of, they didn't get it at first. You know, they thought maybe we're we wanting to get away from them because we didn't like them, <laughs> uh, which is not the case. Was not the case at all. Um, you know, almost like they were offended that we're moving. Um, but but I think you know we had our family come out here. Not everybody, but they've come and visit us since, and they've been out here a few, more than a few times. And I think once they come out here and see what we're doing and see the area, then I think they're like, okay, we get it. You know, I, until they see it in person, I think they, they didn't really fully understand why we wanted to leave. But now they see us doing this thing and, and especially like how YouTube is, you know, they watch us on YouTube now and they think, wow, like I, we get it now. Like I totally get why you left. You know, and then they're excited about it now. Now they love visiting us. You know, it gets them out of California and like totally different area. They're coming to Asheville. Like this is a great place. You know, to, to vacation. <laughs> That's great. So, so what is your homestead looking like today? Like, describe for people what what what's it focused on? What does it consist of? Um, so we're one and a half acres. Um, we have about twelve hundred square foot garden space um i just built a garden shed to house all our garden tools before like we just had garden tools all over the yard <laughs> uh we had no structures really out here and and we have a built a greenhouse it's like a greenhouse slash low tunnel 
that I built last year. And uh, we raise uh, pastured poultry on um, chicken tractor. I run. We run. Last year we did uh, 60 uh, birds all. Uh, the whole year we did 60, so we'll do 30. We'll raise 30 birds, and then after that we'll raise another 30, and then we'll just put them in our freezer. And then um, we have about eight egg layers, and we also move them around in a chicken tractor. And um, I think that's it. Um, we plan on raising more chickens this year, so I'm currently building another chicken tractor. So, you know, I went from one chicken tractor. So I'm doing – I'm building one chicken tractor every year <laughs> for, for these three years that we've been here. <laughs> I'm glad – no, I'm not the only one because I built my first chicken tractor uh, last spring when I moved up to our farm here in Vermont. And, yeah, I'm, like, planning on doing two more this year and, like, just keep yeah. adding to the fleet of, of tractors just going through. <laughs> I know. I said I, – I thought I would just do one. <laughs> And the next thing I do two, three, so I don't know. Well, then you then you want more more and more birds. You realize they need the space, and just it, it kind of blossoms. From oh there. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and now describe for, for me, like you know, how do you make it all work financially? Like you know, like what are the pieces that you need to have to to kind of balance that? Yeah, that's been um, that's been that's been hard <laughs> um, because. You know, I had like a good – in California, I had a really good, comfortable job of 16 years. You know, I, I did the same thing pretty much for 16 years and uh, it was an office job and, you know, you know, really at the same time I got cancer, I was getting tired of that job and just wanted to, you know, do stuff, you know, wanted to be active. And so when we decided to move here across country – um, I just quit the job and we had no job waiting when we moved here. And I figured, well, we'll just figure it out. <laughs> um, you know, of course we had a savings and, um, that, that helped. Um, so when we moved here, um, you know, we're, we weren't doing YouTube. We, we didn't start YouTube to probably a year after we moved here. And, um, but we were still sharing our story, you know. We're we're doing Instagram and Facebook, and we're still sharing our story and kind of documenting that through through those platforms. And um, so mentally, like I remember sitting in my office and and mentally, like I would I would try to prepare myself <laughs> to take any job, you know, whatever it took to continue to live this lifestyle. I mean. I, mentally i was prepared to okay i might have to deliver pizzas you know like i didn't really know how the job area was i mean i knew you know i was a computer drafter which i you know did blueprints and you know, computer um drawings and i thought i, I did not want to go back to that i did not want to go back to the office job and i you know, my goal is to not do the same thing, but in North Carolina. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to go back to it and just start living our life again, but in North Carolina, you know. Um, so mentally, I was prepared to do anything. You know? And when we first moved here, you know, I, 
I drove an Uber <laughs> for like a month, and I was like, well, I'm just. I mean, by the way, that's a great way to get to know an area is be an Uber driver. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was pretty fun. But, um, um, you know, and I was a computer drafter, so I was able to find work um, doing that from home when we we moved out here. And um, so I did a lot of that, and I still do some of that. And then uh, another thing I do is – uh, bus conversions where uh, I met uh, Jeff he does Blue Ridge conversions and now I work with uh, another guy um, Terravan in in Asheville and um, doing bus conversions has been uh, a pretty stable um, job that I've been doing well, that seems like a whole and, booming area too like beyond homesteading people going in school yeah. touring the country <laughs> That has been extremely popular. Like I know there's now there's three companies in this area that do bus conversions and all of them are booked over a year. Why do you, <laughs> why do you think the the bus conversion thing is also taken off? I think people people don't don't want to get a mortgage. Like I think we we've I've met uh like big families who who want to live in a school bus. Um and they're like I've met a family of like seven. <laughs> they they live in a full school bus, and you know their goal is to get out of debt. You know they're living in a bus. They're living you know maybe in their um, parents' driveway, and saving money, getting out of debt, and then now they're buying a piece of property after they got out of debt for two years, and they lived in a bus. You know I think I think people just are are tired of of a mortgage really. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the main. I've talked to a lot of these people who want to get a van or a bus, and and I think one of the main th- goals is getting out of debt and not getting into debt. You know. Yeah, because it is so easy to go kind of out of one frying pan into a fire or another frying pan, or I don't know, yeah, whatever the expression <laughs> is. But but you know, because you have this compulsion, especially when you're starting a homestead of. You know, okay, now I need to get this thing. Now I need to get this thing. Now I need to get this thing. And as you do that, the costs associated with all of those things, whether it's building materials or property or tools or heavy equipment or whatever it is, that stuff adds up really quickly. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what we're trying. Yeah, that's why we're trying to be super slow at it and not go crazy, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, here on our farm, you know, the biggest thing I've been fighting <clears throat> with is you know, more and more I'm realizing that the scale of work that we're doing really make a tractor would make life so much easier. But <laughs> at the same time, you look at those things and, you know, kind of a used heavy tractor, you're talking 20 grand at least, and that's like 20, 25 years old, or something new, you're talking 40, and it's just like, those are crazy yeah. sums of money if you're trying to work less, enjoy your life more, grow your own food, like, those things yeah. don't mesh at all. <laughs> No, they don't. And yeah, some of the things you don't think, well, I'm not going to need a tractor, but then <laughs> you, you might. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so, you know, I'm just, you know, we, we open up, you know, also we do a website. Um, you know, we sell, we make things and you know, my wife has her own apothecary line. And, you know, we had that website before we moved and we were already doing these things um, before we moved. Um, so it's almost like 
we kind of already were living that homesteading lifestyle, but in L.A. But now we just do it at a larger scale. You know, we had a little backyard. We would, we would do canning. You know, we would do all that stuff. But, you know, now we do it bigger. Um, but so, yeah, just kind of doing what we can to continue to live this lifestyle. Uh, it has not been easy at all. Um, you know, there's definitely ups and downs. You know, some months are really good. Some months are not. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it, it can continue to work out and we're just keep keep grinding at it and just keep trying to make it work as you guys are looking at, at your homestead and your plans say three to five years out what what are you guys really hoping and envisioning and, and, and trying to plan for and set up um i think we're i think we would want maybe a little bit bigger property um, nothing too big, maybe even one more acre. Um, uh, and really, I think for us, it's just to be more efficient at growing our own food. Um, it, you know, again, we, we want to keep it simple still. Like I would hope that we could continue to be minimal about it and be more simple about it. Um, like I would, you know, I would be happy you know, I would probably be okay with not getting bigger animals, <laughs> you know, in the future. Like, I would be okay of just doing pasture poultry, you know, have some egg layers and having, like, a nice um, vegetable garden, you know, like those those things. Like, I really like doing the pasture poultry. Um, I would even hope that we can maybe even do workshops in the future of that. And um, But, yeah, I mean, I think keep it minimal and just keep it simple as possible. I think for us, I think that I, I would enjoy that. I think that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, as I'm often getting myself in over my head, <laughs> right. keeping it simple, keeping it minimal. <laughs> don't go for, go, don't go crazy. That, that is some good advice right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes, but you know, you want to get all these things, but um, I think, you know, when you have a good community, like you don't need to raise you know, beef, you know, you don't need a milk cow because we've bartered with so many people. Like we know somebody who has a milk cow. We know somebody who has goats, you know, we, you know, we know somebody, people who have these things and we could like, Hey, we have chicken. I'll barter you for some eggs or barter you for some milk. You know, like, I think that's, what's great about having a homesteading community around you that you don't need to do it all. You know, you could have, you have a one specific family, maybe they do milk. Maybe we are the pasture poultry family and, you know, we'll just like exchange this for that. Yeah. Chicken for a couple bottles of milk. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we've done it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. You know? No, I, I think that that is good. And, and I think, you know, there is that impulse that people have when they think of like self-sufficiency, right? Of, oh, I need to do everything myself. But when you think about what everything yourself entails there's so many skills you have to learn and develop and become good at infrastructure you need and so if you can have people that you partner with it, it makes your life easier less stress stressful oh yeah definitely i mean it's a full-time job yeah. <laughs> you know raising raising all those things and growing all that food so if you were to offer up some advice for somebody who is say sitting in a cubicle right now listening to this or they're 
you know, on their commute to the office right now, like, and they are dreaming of homesteading. What advice would you have for them if they wanted to try to pursue that dream? Um, I would, I would say go for it, but, <laughs> but I, I would, um, I would make sure they do a lot of soul searching, you know, if that's what they really want to do. Um, I would say start wherever you're at and see if you like, you know, doing those things, like homesteading things, like grow your own food or, or, or can or, or try to live that lifestyle, but wherever you're at, I mean, that's what, how, how we started and how to, how we grown to like really love it and like really be passionate about it. And that's why we're here. And there was a lot, definitely a lot of soul searching for us prior to the move on like, okay, you know, our, we really need to sell our house and quit my job and, and move here, you know, like it, it definitely was a process. And, um, a lot of uh, emotions went went through through us, and a lot of conversations, a lot of late nights, and of just talking about it as as a couple and as a family. And um, I would I would encourage anyone just to just to really think and 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 if if this is what they really want, I mean, I would I would definitely say it's worth it. It's incredible how sometimes in life something really scary um, and and something you would dread to hear happen to you could put you on a path and lead your life to such an amazing direction like the one that that Jason and his wife Lorraine have have been on over the last several years. So I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation and and got something from it. If you want to learn more about Jason and what he's doing, uh, you can check out his YouTube channel at So The Land. I will leave a link to it in the show notes. Also, Jason and his wife Lorraine have started a podcast as well. You should definitely check that out. Um, It's some great conversation and just updates on what they're doing around their farm and and some of the goings on that that are happening. And and I I just, they're really great people and really nice people. And so I love as I'm doing my daily commute listening to them. It just, it's, it's such a cool thing to hear. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, Goldshaw Farm and what we're doing here as we try to build a farm in Vermont, uh, you can check out our YouTube channel, uh, Goldshaw Farm, or you can visit our website at goldshawfarm.com. And also, don't forget, guys, I've created this new Facebook group for listeners of this podcast. So if you want to go in there, I'll be offering up some bonus content. I'll be offering up the opportunity to ask future guest questions. Um, there'll be some other prizes that are given away. So, so definitely check out the Goldshaw Farm podcast Facebook group. It it should be a lot of fun and it's starting to become a kind of cool community. Special thanks as always to my good friend, Keith Pierce for the awesome, awesome, amazing theme song. Please, if you guys want to help us out, the best thing you could do is subscribe and write reviews and share this podcast with your friends. Wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is, any of that support helps. We are a tiny baby, baby, baby fledgling podcast right now. And the only way we're going to grow is by the support of listeners like you. So thank you in advance. I really appreciate it. And I will be back next time here at the Goldshaw Farm Podcast 
where we're telling you stories about homesteading, farming, and following your dreams. Thanks a lot. It's got a soul, this hero farm. Inside my arms, we work the fields under the stars. The love is here at Goldshop Farms. A city life, yeah, had its charms. the stars I fall asleep inside its arms the love is here at Goldshop Farms the love is here at Goldshop Farms